السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد رسول کریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری و یسرلی امری وحل العقدت ملسانی یفقہ قولی ربنا زدنا علما اللہ مصلی علی محمد و علی علی محمد کما صلیت علی ابراہیم و علی علی ابراہیم انک حمید مجید اللہ مبارک علی محمد و علی علی محمد کما بارکت علی ابراہیم و علی علی ابراہیم انک حمید مجید باب حب الرسول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم من الایمان چیپٹر لو فار دا میسنجر صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم is a part of Iman. Minal Iman. It is from Iman. So part of Iman is to love the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Haddathana Abu al-Yamani. Qala akhbarana Shu'aybun. Qala haddathana Abu al-Zinadi. Anil a'raji. An Abi Hurayrata. Radiyallahu anhu. Anna Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal. Fawalladhi nafsi biyadihi. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده From now on, inshallah, I will not translate the chain. Okay? Because it's quite understood what أخبرنا means, what أخبرنا means, what عن and أنا means. We will go directly to the text. Unless if there is something specific about the chain which I want to mention to you. Okay? So, فَوَالَّذِي فَوَالَّذِي So, by the one who Nafsi, my soul, biyadihi, is in his hand. By the one in whose hand is my soul. Who is he? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's another way of swearing by Allah. So, فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ None of you can believe. حَتَّى until أَكُونَ I become أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ Most beloved to him. مِنْ وَالِدِهِ Than his father. وَوَلَدِهِ and his son, and his child. None of you can truly believe until I am more beloved to him than his father and his children. The second hadith is also very similar, so we will read that, and inshallah together we will look at the hadith. حدثنا يعقوب بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا بن عليّة عن عبد العزيز بن صهيب عن أنس عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حاء وَحَدَّثَنَا آدَمُ What does ha mean? That you're going back to a beginning of a new chain. Alright, so a new chain Imam Bukhari is mentioning now. And he's taking it from who? آدَمُ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا شُعْبَةُ عَنْ قَتَادَةَ عَنْ أَنَسٍ قَالَ قَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَالِدِهِ وَوَلَدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ None of you can truly believe حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ Until I become the most beloved to him Then who? مِنْ وَالِدِهِ His father وَوَلَدِهِ And his children وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ And people altogether Meaning all of mankind Both of these ahadiths What do they show to us? The importance Rather the obligation Of loving the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Because without loving the Prophet ﷺ, a person's iman is incomplete. It is incomplete. We don't say it's invalid, but rather it is not of a high level. Because remember, iman increases and decreases. Love for the Prophet ﷺ completes and perfects one's iman. And what kind of love should a person have for the Messenger of Allah? Such love that is more than love for anyone else. 
love for everyone and anyone else. Such love is what completes one's iman. If you think about it, the most beloved of people to a person is who? Huh? First of all, himself. Isn't it? Because people prefer themselves over everybody else. They give importance to themselves above everyone else. Yes, there are rare times in which people will prefer other people over themselves, but generally, people are selfish. They're concerned most about themselves. Then after oneself, who does a person like? His parents, his children, and then somebody else from among people, whether it's friends or relatives or neighbors or class fellows or whoever. Now, in this hadith, what do we learn? That condition for the completeness of one's iman is that his love for the Prophet ﷺ should be more than the love for anyone else, including oneself, including one's parents, including one's children even, including anyone else, any human being. And we see in these hadith that the father is mentioned before the child. Why do you think so? Because everyone has parents, but not everyone has children. So if somebody can say, oh, I don't know how it is to love your children, well, definitely you know how it is to love your parents. Everyone has parents, but everyone does not have children. And then we see that the children have been mentioned before all mankind. Why? Because the love that one has for his children is much more than the love that he can have for anyone else. The way you love your child, you cannot love any other person like that, generally. So in this hadith, we learn that loving the Prophet is more important than loving who? Your own family. Why do you think so? Why is it necessary? Why is it important to love the Prophet ﷺ more than you love your own family? Remember the ayah that النَّبِيُّ أَوْلَى بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ That the Prophet ﷺ is more sincere. He is closer to the believers than even themselves. Meaning the way he cares, the way he had concern for people, People don't even have that much concern for themselves. Because love is what helps you obey someone. If you love someone, it's much easier to obey. But if you don't love them, it's very difficult to obey. So this is why loving the Prophet ﷺ is important. And if you think about it, why would you love someone? For example, why do you love your parents? Because of their great favors on you. Because they have taken care of you, they spend money on you, they've put in so much effort to look after you. They've done a lot for you. Similarly, your children, why would you love them? Because they make you very happy. Isn't it? They make you happy. So someone who cares for you, someone who makes you happy, you love them. Now, the Prophet ﷺ, what has he done for us? What favor has he done to us? If he did not come, if he did not convey the message, would we know what iman is? Would we know what the Qur'an is? Would we know what the deen is? No. Would we know the difference between good and bad? No. So his ihsan upon us is the greatest. Our parents, our family, they take care of us how? In the material sense. They will look after our health. They will look after our financial well-being, our physical well-being. But the Prophet ﷺ, he looked after us in what way? For our akhirah, our spiritual well-being. If he did not convey the message... If he did not teach us what he taught, then what would we be? Even if we were perfectly healthy in our bodies and we had everything that we needed in this world, would we be successful in this world and in the akhirah? No, we would not be. So this is why loving the Prophet ﷺ is essential. Because his favor to us is the greatest. 
think about it. Any time, you know, you're going through some difficulty and you think about patience, hmm? that I should be patient right now because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward me. Anytime you are encouraged to forgive someone, you are encouraged to do a good deed, anything at all, where did that come from? What's the source? How did it get to you? Through the Prophet ﷺ. And if you think about all the hardships that he undertook in order to convey this message to us, if you study the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, what does that reflect? How much hardship he went through. We learned about how much difficult it was for him to even take the wahi. Even that would cause so much physical strain on him let alone the opposition that he faced from the people. So his ihsan is truly the greatest on us. On the Day of Judgment, every person will be saying, nafsi, nafsi, and the Prophet ﷺ, he will be concerned about who? His ummah. That there will be people coming to him to drink from the hawd, and they will be stopped, and he will say that why are they being stopped? Just imagine how much concern he has for his nation, for his ummah. And this is why we see that love for the Prophet ﷺ, is what completes and perfects one's iman. This is what shows that a person truly has iman. Because without iman, a person cannot love the messenger. Other people, when you love them, there is immediate benefit. Or it's easier to love them because you see them. But the Prophet ﷺ, when can you love him? When you love your deen. When you love Islam. Only then can you love him. That on the Day of Judgment, the Prophet ﷺ will also intercede for people. That we see that love for the Prophet ﷺ has to be more than the love one has for his family. Because in this world, sometimes your family members even, you know, they tell you to do something wrong. Or they're not as concerned for you. Sometimes parents say to their children, sorry, I can't help you. You're on your own now. Similarly, children, sometimes they don't help their parents. People abandon you. They're not as sincere to you. But we see that the Prophet ﷺ, his ihsan was the greatest on us because he was always sincere to us. Always sincere to us. If you think about it, in, in any aspect of our lives, we can follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, whether it's eating, or it is looking after a patient, you know, washing your hands before attending to them, or it is speaking to a stranger nicely in a welcoming way, smiling at them. Any aspect of your life, you can follow the sunnah, and whose love can you earn? The love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just imagine. He showed us every way through which we could earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the huge favor that He did for us. And He also loved His ummah. You know, sometimes when you think about it, that the Prophet ﷺ offered a sacrifice on behalf of his entire ummah. Don't you feel so special? That just think about it. On behalf of me, on behalf of you. He didn't even know who you and I were, but He slaughtered an animal on our behalf. What does that show? That He loved us, that He cared for us. So He only deserves that we must also love Him. That love cannot come without knowledge. Right? You can only love someone whom you know. So if you don't know the Prophet ﷺ, you cannot love Him. That we see that His akhlaq was the best. The best akhlaq. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And someone who has the best akhlaq, he deserves to be loved. So through so many incidents in the Prophet ﷺ's life, would show that he was very concerned for his ummah, he loved his ummah, and he did everything that was within his capacity to convey the message to us in the best way. And he underwent physical hardship, he underwent social boycott as well, he underwent countless difficulties to convey the message to us. This is why it is only correct that we love him. And we see that Umar radiallahu anhu, 
once he told the Prophet ﷺ that you are more beloved to me than everything except for myself. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? No, by the one in whose hand is my soul until I become more beloved to you than even yourself. So Umar thought for a moment and he said, Now you are by Allah more beloved to me than even my own self. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Yes, now, O Umar, that is true iman. That is complete iman. You have to love him more than yourself. How can you evaluate whether you actually Exactly, I was just going to come to that. That how can a person do this? That love for the Prophet ﷺ is more than love for anyone else, even oneself. And how does a person get there? What's the sign of this? First of all, as we know, that the more a person knows the Prophet ﷺ, the more he will love him. So one of the ways of increasing your love for the Prophet is what? Study, learn what? Just seerah. Also hadith. Also the words of the Prophet ﷺ. His actions. His circumstances. That is one of the ways of increasing your love for the Prophet ﷺ. Another is that the more a person follows the sunnah, the more he will love the Prophet ﷺ. Because when you will follow the sunnah, you will see the benefits. You will feel good. You will feel good in the sense that you will really feel that every action that you're doing is worth something. Every action seems meaningful, seems important. Like for example, we learned about food, giving food to other people. Perhaps we did that before as well. But now all of a sudden, cooking is different. Isn't it so? It's become more meaningful. It's become more enjoyable. Isn't it? So the more a person follows the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, the more he will love him. Why? Because he will feel good about the actions that he's doing. Similarly, we see that the more a person gives importance to the words of the Prophet ﷺ, to the commands of the Prophet ﷺ, the more he obeys him, the more he prefers him over his own desires, that is a sign that a person loves the Prophet ﷺ. And we need to Keep questioning ourselves. Keep asking ourselves that do I really love the Prophet ﷺ as much as I love my own parents or my own children? Am I concerned for him as much as I am concerned for my parents and children? Am I protective about his image equally as I am protective about the image of my parents or my children? You know, sometimes mothers cannot tolerate anyone criticizing their children. Even if it's with regards to something that is true. Like for example, a child is misbehaving and a teacher feels that this is something that needs to be addressed. But she has to think so many times before she actually talks to the mother. Isn't it? And she has to speak to the mother in a very tactful way. Because no mother likes to hear anything negative about her child, even if it is true. We're very protective generally. But when the Prophet ﷺ sunnah is mocked at, or when questions or objections are raised against his life and people criticize what he did or what he said, then where is our concern and where is our love and where is our respect? We need to check ourselves. We need to analyze ourselves. Think about it. Somebody insults your child, you'll boil in anger. You will not stay silent. But when the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ or he himself is being insulted, then where does our iman go? Where does our ghira go? So this is a big sign. This is a big test that we need, you know, keep checking ourselves with. 
And also we see that when a person reaches this level that he loves the Prophet ﷺ more than anyone else, then what will he do? He will give importance to his ways, his commands over everything and everyone else. He will give importance to his commands, his words, his actions above his own desire even. He will not say, oh, I don't feel like it. I can't be bothered. No. Because following the Prophet comes with love. And when there is love, then you are definitely bothered. Then you definitely feel like it. This is something so important that we cannot neglect the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. We cannot you know, leave aside, not give importance to any aspect of his life. Every aspect of his life is important. Because you see, when you love someone a lot, then what are you concerned about? Everything about them. Isn't it? Everything they have said, everything they have done, that the criteria for the acceptance of deeds is what? Ikhlas. And secondly, mutabar, following the Prophet ﷺ. If that is not there, deeds are not accepted. Love for the Prophet ﷺ has to be expressed in the correct way as well. And what is the correct way of expressing that love? Following his sunnah. Not celebrating festivals or events that he never commanded us to. Similarly, today you learned that there were people who fabricated a hadith and they said that we are fabricating for him and not against him. This is not love. This is not love. It has to be expressed in the right way. These ahadith that tell us that this love is what completes and perfects one's iman. There are levels of iman. It increases, it decreases. The more a person follows the Prophet ﷺ, the more he loves him, the higher his iman is. And the less he follows him, the less he loves him, the lower his iman is. So it's up to you. Where do you want your iman to be? You understand? It's up to you. What standard you set for yourself? What criteria you set for yourself? How successful you want to be? That love has to be in the right way. It has to be expressed in the right way because if a person does not do it in the right way, then on the Day of Judgment, such deeds A will not be accepted and B, such people will not be allowed to even come to the Prophet ﷺ. When they will try to come and drink from the Hawd, they will be stopped. So love is important, of course, but it has to be in the right way as well. That through his ways, we get guidance as to how to live our lives in the best way in every aspect. But whether it's loving or hating or eating or drinking or going or traveling, anything. She's mentioning an incident where a man once came to a sheikh and he said that, I want to see the Prophet ﷺ in my dream. So what should I do? So he said to him, eat a lot of salt, don't drink any water and sleep. And then you will see him in your dream. So he came back to him and he said that, so the sheikh asked him that, did you do what I told you? He said, yeah. He said that you lied. I never saw the Prophet ﷺ in my dream. So he said, what did you see? He said, I saw a lot of water. So he said that you saw a lot of water because you were very thirsty. You wanted water. You loved that water. So when you love the Prophet ﷺ, then you will see him. So love is not just verbal claims that, yeah, yeah, I love the Prophet ﷺ. Love has to be from inside. And when it's on the inside, then it will come out in following the Prophet in every way. Even when eating and drinking. So we see that there are many signs of love for the Prophet ﷺ. Of them is following his sunnah. Of them is knowing him. And part of knowing him is that a person knows about his name, about his children, about his family, his wives, his life. And if we just claim that we love him, but we don't know him, then that's a lie. There is a huge contradiction over there. And one thing 
that we need to take from these ahadiths is that we need to constantly reflect on our actions. That in my daily life, how much do I follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? Because that is a sign that I love him. If I don't follow the sunnah, whether it is sunnah in salah, or it is sunnah in waking up, going to sleep, any sunnah. First of all, how much do I know of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? And secondly, how much do I follow that? Because that will tell you whether you truly love him or not. And if you don't love him, your iman is very low. Your iman is very low. Because what completes, perfects iman is love for the Prophet ﷺ. We see that the Prophet ﷺ, he used to like, he used to prefer doing good things with the right hand. Whether it was eating or drinking or you know, putting clothes on, he would always prefer to start from the right side. So similarly, when we're giving something, taking something, we should apply that sunnah over there as well. Start with the right. What is it that stops us from following the sunnah? Huh? Forgetfulness? What else? Comfort. Like, no big deal. It's okay. It's, you know, it's easier for me to do it with the left hand. Why should I bother doing it with the right hand? But again, like I mentioned, when there is love, then what will a person do? He will, he will prefer the way of the Prophet ﷺ over his own desire as well, over his own convenience as well. Because love makes you sacrifice. Isn't it so? Love makes you bear pain. Love makes you suffer inconvenience as well. And it all becomes easy with love. Then you don't complain. I was thinking of like my daughter. She has a habit of forgetting. And uh, she forgets a lot of her school items, things like that. And But she always for- remembers the things that she really likes, like her skipping rope. So she'll come home, oh, mama, I forgot my Arabic book, or I forgot, you know, my homework at school. Did you forget your skipping rope? No. So, like, I noticed, I told her, whatever you prioritize in your life, what is really important to you, you do not forget. But the things that you don't think are so important, you tend to forget. Yes, very true. Love makes you remember. And it's amazing, years and years go by, but parents remember the little things that their children used to do. Isn't it? And they keep telling them, you know, when you were a baby, you did this. You know, when you were a child, you did this. And you say like, yeah, I've heard it many times already. They don't forget it. That his way was the best way in everything. The way that was most beloved to Allah. So this is why it's important that we love him. And as a result of that, follow him. Bab, Halawatil Iman. Chapter, the sweetness of Iman. Halawa. What does Halawa mean? Sweetness. Have you heard of the word halwa? In Urdu, it's derived from the same word. So halawa, sweetness of iman. The feeling of sweetness, it is of the benefits of iman. It's of the benefits of iman. What does it show to us? This chapter, this chapter title, it shows to us that iman has sweetness. But this sweetness, it's not hissy, it's not physical. Sweetness that is experienced by the tongue. Rather, it is ma'nawi sweetness. That is experience that a person tastes where? In his heart. One joy is what you experience, for example, in your eyes when you look at something beautiful. Or for example, in your ears when you listen to something beautiful. Or on your tongue when you eat something very tasty, very delicious. But there is another joy that you feel where? That you experience in your heart. And that joy, that happiness does not come easily. Isn't it? For example... You're sad, very sad. You put a candy in your mouth. 
Okay, you experience the sweetness in your tongue, but will that make you happy inside? No. Happiness inside does not come easily. There are no shortcuts to it. You have to go through a journey, isn't it? And then you get to that level of experiencing joy and happiness in your heart. So iman is something that is whose joy is experienced in the heart, whose happiness is felt in the heart. And how is it experienced? This hadith that is mentioned over here, it tells us about the signs which show that a person has reached that level where he is experiencing the joy, the sweetness of iman. Now what is the sweetness of iman? It is when a person feels happy, content, satisfied in his heart with, for example, the decree of Allah, the deen of Allah, the commands of Allah. Hmm? Similarly, he enjoys, for example, himself in salah. He enjoys himself in recitation of the Qur'an. He feels happy when he remembers Allah. This is the sweetness of iman that a person feels in his heart. Similarly, when a person hears sharh sadr about the deen, this is also experiencing the sweetness of iman. So there are many, many ways through which a person enjoys the sweetness of faith in his heart. Now we see that this sweetness sometimes reaches its high and sometimes it's very dull. Just like when you put something sweet in your mouth, initially it's very sweet, but then that sweetness, that taste is not there all the time. At certain times, it's very high and other times it's low. So just like iman increases and decreases, the sweetness of iman also increases and decreases. And especially the sweetness of iman is experienced when you can say iman is healthy. When a person's iman is good, it's healthy, it's doing well, then he will taste the sweetness of iman. It's just like honey is sweet. To a person who is sick, how is honey? Bitter. Tasteless. But a person who is healthy, will he enjoy that honey? Will he taste the sweetness? Yes, he will. Similarly, when iman is strong, when iman is high, then a person will enjoy the sweetness of iman. And when it's low, then he will not experience it. So let's look at this hadith. حدثنا محمد بن المثنى قال حدثنا عبد الوهاب الثقفي قال حدثنا أيوب عن أبي قلابة عن أنس عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ثلاث من كن فيه وجد حلاوة الإيمان أن يكون الله ورسوله أحب إليه مما سواهما وأن يحب المرء لا يحبه إلا لله وأن يكره أن يعود في الكفر كما يكره أن يقذف في النار ثلاث three من who كنا they were فيه in him meaning three attributes three qualities whoever they are in meaning whichever person has these qualities وجد he will find حلاوة الإيمان the sweetness of iman what are those three qualities First of all, أَنْ يَكُونَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ That Allah and His Messenger become أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ Most beloved to Him مِمَّا سِوَاهُمَا From whatever is beside them. In other words, Allah and His Messenger become the most beloved to Him than everyone and everything else. Secondly, وَأَنْ يُحِبَّ الْمَرْءَ And that a person loves another, loves a person لَا يُحِبُّهُ Whom he does not love إِلَّا لِلَّهِ Except for Allah. That a person loves another for whose sake? Only for the sake of Allah. وَأَنْ يَكْرَهَ 
and that he dislikes an yauda fil kufri that he returns to kufr kama yakrahu just as he dislikes an yuqdhafa fil nar that he be thrown into fire these are the three signs of what the sweetness of iman whoever has these three qualities in him he has indeed experienced the joy the sweetness of faith what's the first sign giving importance to allah and his messenger loving them more than loving anyone and anything else what does it mean by loving allah and his messenger that a person is very obedient to them he is fully devoted to them their command even if their command even if their instruction opposes one's own desire so a person loves allah and his messenger that he obeys them and give importance to them more than anyone else remember that there two levels of loving allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one level or one type of love is that which is obligatory there's a certain amount of love that every person must have for allah if he is a believer there's a certain level of love that he must have and what is that level that it is such love which enables a person to fulfill the obligations and the weakness of that love results in neglecting the commands of allah if that love is there a person will obey if that love is weak then a person will disobey we're not talking about forgetfulness mistake we're talking about deliberate deliberately ignoring the commands of allah disobeying allah the second level is that which is preferred which is a higher level of love what does it mean by that it is such love that makes a person perform not just the obligatory but also the voluntary deeds the voluntary deeds for example you love allah you don't want allah to be angry with you so you get up and you pray your salah you love allah even more and you want to express that love you want to show that love so yes you prayed your fard but now on top of that you also pray the nafl for example at what time for instance you know the time after fajr after fajr a certain amount of time has passed by ishraq so you pray at that time is that an obligation it's not but what is it it's voluntary when will a person do that when he has a higher level of love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala similarly a person loves allah he doesn't want allah to be upset with him so what does he do he fasts in the month of ramadan okay but he wants to show that love even more what will he do voluntary fasts a person goes for hajj fulfills the obligation but then he goes for umrah You know people say why are you going for umrah you've done your hajj already spend that money on something else go to europe go to this country go to that country and you will spend all that money on an umrah package for just 10 days people say that right what what makes you buy that package and go there what love for allah so we see that one level of love is what makes a person fulfill the obligations a higher level of love is what will make a person perform voluntary deeds as well it will make him perform extra good deeds as well similarly we see another example that one is that at the time of difficulty a person is patient right and patience means that he doesn't say anything negative he's just quiet he's afraid to speak because he's afraid that if he says something he might say something negative which will waste his reward which might upset allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he's in the stage of controlling himself greater love what does it mean that even when something difficult has happened a person is remember i told you there are levels of patience and the final level is that a person is happy with what allah has ordained for him when does that come with a higher level of love that even when things are going haywire 
A person is still happy with Allah. A person is still happy with the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there are different levels. Love for the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is also of different levels. One level is that which is obligatory. A certain amount of love we have to have for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what is that? That a person loves him because he was a messenger of Allah. That a person loves him that he follows his commands. What he commanded explicitly, clearly what he commanded us to do. So a person follows that. Higher level of love, recommended level of love is that. That a person follows the Prophet ﷺ, learns about him, about every aspect of his life. Like for example, Abdullah ibn Umar, when he was narrating the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, what did he do? He also opened his button. Did he have to do that? Was that required? It wasn't required. But why did he do that? Because his love was was a lot. Similarly, when he performed the hajj, what did he do? He followed every sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. You know, the very path that the Prophet ﷺ went on, he went on the same way. Why? What made him do that? So, how come sunnah is that important, but people don't give as much importance to it? There are different levels of love. The greater the love, the more a person will follow the sunnah. So, a person who loves Allah and His Messenger more than he loves anyone else, then that person has experienced what? The sweetness of faith. He has experienced the joy of faith. He has truly enjoyed iman. Because sweetness of faith is a feeling of joy that a person gets how? By obeying Allah, by following the Messenger. So when a person obeys Allah, what does it mean? He loves Allah. When a person follows the Messenger, what does it mean? He loves a Messenger. And as a result, he will obey them, he will follow them. So what does it mean? He will experience the sweetness of faith. He will experience the joy of iman. And he will do all of this how? Happily, willingly. Not with a burden. Not dislikingly. But he will go forth willingly. Like for example, one is that a person performs a salah just to get over it. And the other is that he's performing salah to earn Allah's pleasure. And that is when he will be able to pray extra. You know like they say that don't focus on the quantity, focus on the quality. Because when quality will come, quantity will also come. If you improve your salah, you start enjoying your salah. When you start enjoying your salah, you don't mind praying four or ten or twenty. You don't mind then. Like for example, in the month of Ramadan, when you pray taraweeh, for some people it's very heavy to pray even eight. But there are other people who, by the time they finish eight, they're like, done already? How does that come? How does that come? Love for Allah and His Messenger. So obedience leads to love. And that is what? makes you experience the sweetness of faith. And we see that the love for Allah and His Messenger, both of them, they're in a way intertwined. Meaning both of them are connected with each other. You cannot separate the two. Can you separate them? Can you just say, yeah, I love Allah, but I don't think it's necessary to follow the Prophet ﷺ. You don't know my heart. I really love Allah. I love God. Is this claim true? No. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in kuntum tuhibbun Allaha, if you claim to love Allah, then you have to follow the Prophet ﷺ. So love for Allah and His Messenger go together. They cannot be separated. They can never be separated. Second sign, that a person loves another for whose sake? Only for the sake of Allah That يُحِبَّ الْمَرْءَ لَا يُحِبُّهُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ 
that he loves a person whom he does not love except for who? Except for Allah. So in other words, he does not love the other for any other cause. Why do people love other people? Hmm? For example, you love your mother. Why? Because of the relationship that you have with your mother. She is your mother. Right? Similarly, you love your friend. Why? Because you and her get along really well. So there's a reason for that love. What? That you get along with her really well. Similarly, you love your child. Why? Hmm? Okay, you love your classmate. Why? Why do people love other people? There's always a reason. There's friendship. There's some mutual benefits. There's some benefit that you get from them. Some pleasure, some kind of happiness, some kind of gain. Right? There's always some reason behind love. Love is never blind, by the way. There's always a reason. Either it's shahwa, anything. Something or the other is there. This case which is being mentioned over here is that the reason for loving that person is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the only reason why you love them. That's the reason. What does it mean by that? That you love them because of, for example, their obedience to Allah. Or their love for Allah. Or their commitment for the deen. Or because when you sit with them, they talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the kind of things that they talk about, they increase your iman. Remember we learned earlier, Mu'adh al he said, Ijlis bina nu'min sa'ah. Why would he say that? That in the company of other people, you can increase in your iman. You can increase in your love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people whom you sit with, you feel that your iman has become higher. Other people when you sit with them, you feel as though your, your iman has become low. Other people you sit with them, it just stays the same. It has neither improved nor has it decreased. This is the person who's mentioned in the hadith, the one with whom when you are, your iman increases. When you listen to them, when you work with them, you increase in your love for Allah. You increase in your love for the deen. You increase in your ibadah. You increase in your ita'ah. Because there are many people who claim, I love so and so for the sake of Allah. For the sake of Allah. You know, big label. But at the same time, both these friends are sitting together. Yeah, salah time has come. It's almost about to go. And finally they get up and pray. The same friends are they're talking bad about other people. This is no love for the sake of Allah. Love for the sake of Allah means that you are increasing in your obedience to Allah. Because you love them for their obedience to Allah. Not for any other reason. You understand what love for the sake of Allah is. Yahya bin Mu'ad, he said, the reality of loving someone for the sake of Allah is a love that neither increases when the person does good towards you, nor does it decrease when the person is averse towards you. Interesting? Our love for other people increases when they're good to us. And our love for them decreases when they are averse to us. They don't care? We say, fine, I don't care. You call me? Yeah, I'll call you too. You send me a text message? Yeah, I'll send it to you too. Love for Allah is that whether that person knows you or not, cares for you or not, gives importance to you or not, you still love them. Why? Because you love them for their obedience, not for any other reason. This is a sign of sweetness of faith. When a person reaches this level, he has truly experienced the joy of iman. Why? Because he loves him for iman, not for any other reason. Not for the great cookies they bake. Not for the smile that they give you. No. You love them for Allah. Ibadah of Allah is the cause. Now one thing that must be clarified over here is that a person's love for another, even if it's for the sake of Allah, should not become like the love that a person has for Allah. Hub lillah should not become hub ma'Allah. 
their levels of love. Love for Allah has to be the highest. And then love for another person should be lesser than that. Because it happens sometimes that a person loves, for example, another and he says that, yeah, I love this friend of mine for the sake of Allah. And they're constantly thinking about them. You know, they're concerned about them when they're awake, when they're sleeping, when they're eating, when they're drinking. Hmm? They're following them on Twitter, on Facebook, following their, you know, let's say a person is traveling from one city to another, giving one lecture here, giving another lecture there. They're constantly following them. If it's a male sheikh dreaming to become their wife one day, people do that. Honestly, I've heard it. Unfortunately, it happens amongst young women. It happens a lot. There comes a young man teaching something about the deen. And the sister begins to wonder, is he married? May I marry him? Do you think I can? Is there a possibility? You love him for his deen. It should not get out of limits. I remember I was reading somewhere about this sheikh. I've forgotten his name. He was answering some questions on the television. People were calling in and he was responding to their questions. So this woman called and she asked her question and she said that, Oh, sheikh, please pray for me that I get married to so-and-so sheikh. So he said, why do you want to marry her? She said that because he's so knowledgeable, he's so good. <laughs> he said, okay, if you want to marry him for his knowledge, then I will pray that may Allah get you married to this other sheikh who was very elderly at that time. Because if you want knowledge, then he is more knowledgeable than him. So you understand, it starts with the label of, I love him for the sake of Allah. And then it gets out of hand. It gets out of hand. A person forgets the reason. Hmm? And he gets lost in that person. A person forgets Allah and he gets lost in that person. It should not be like this. Then what happens? All your concern is that person and not what they're saying or what they're doing or what they're teaching. For example, there could be a sheikh, there could be a teacher who's teaching the deen and you learn many good things from them, you follow them, you learn from their lectures. Very good, mashallah. But if you start obsessing about, oh, this is their book and this is their CD set, yeah, I have... All of his CD sets. Have you heard them? Not. No, I haven't heard all of them. But I have them all. What's the point of having them if you're not going to listen to them? Sheikh so-and-so is coming to the city. Sheikh so-and-so is in that city. How does that concern you? It's natural that when you love someone, you start following them. Right? You are concerned for them. But your concern for them should not become an obsession exactly. You should, يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ and not other people. Even if you say that you love them for Allah. Even if you learn many beneficial things from them. What do we learn in Surah Al-Baqarah? وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَّدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Your love for Allah should always be more than your love for other people. Even if it's very righteous people. We see that even when it comes to the Prophet wasallam. Can your love for the Prophet ﷺ be exactly the same as your love for Allah? No, there are levels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love is the highest. Then comes the level of love for the Prophet ﷺ. And the fact is that when you love the Prophet ﷺ, it means that you must love the one who sent him even more. Why do you love him? Because of what he taught you. Where did he learn that from? Who gave it to him? Allah. So go back to the source. Don't forget the source. Do you understand what it means by loving someone for the sake of Allah? That Allah is given the utmost importance. So for example, even if they forget to tell you something, even if they forget to call you, you don't mind. You don't mind. Because you love them for Allah. For the good that they do. 
whether they give you importance or they don't give you importance. So this is the second sign. Third sign, to hate reverting to disbelief. That a person dislikes reverting to disbelief. Question. In this hadith it says, وَأَن يَكْرَهَ أَن يَعُودَ فِي الْكُفْرِ That he returns to kufr. Is this applicable in the case of a person who was a disbeliever before, then he became a Muslim, so now he hates to become a disbeliever again? Only? This is also applicable in the case of a person who was a Muslim, but perhaps committed the actions of those who disbelieve. And then when he made tawbah, he became more righteous, he left those bad actions, he hates to return to those bad actions. Because the word yaudah does not necessarily mean to go back to how a person was before. It also means to become. You understand? Yaudah, ada yaudah does not necessarily mean that a person returns to how he was before. It also means to become. For example, Shu'ib salam, him and his people, those who believed in him, we learn in Surah Al-A'raf, ayah 89, that they said, وَمَا يَكُونُ لَنَا أَن نَعُودَ فِيهَا It's not possible for us that we would return to your millah, to your creed, to your religion. Was Shu'ib salam a disbeliever before? No, he wasn't. Similarly, in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, we learn, لا تقوم الساعة حتى تعود أرض العرب مروجاً وأنهاراً That the Day of Judgment will not come until such and such will happen. So until the area, the Ard of the Arab, meaning the Arabian Peninsula, returns to being مروجاً وأنهاراً, rivers. So was Arabia ever like that? No. What does it mean by يعودة? It will become. Not return to, but it will become. So this part of the hadith is talking about a person who is righteous and he hates to commit the actions of disbelief or the actions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. As much as he hates falling into fire. As much as he dislikes falling into fire. This is how much he stays away from those actions that Allah does not like. You know, forget about falling into the fire. He doesn't even want to go close to it. He doesn't want to touch it. So when a person hates disbelief, to such an extent, that means that he has tasted the joy, the sweetness of Iman, the pleasure of Iman. If you think about it, all of these three characteristics, they're connected together. How? When a person will love Allah and His Messenger, then automatically who will he have love for? Those who love Allah and His Messenger. Isn't it so? And then, the more he will obey, the more yaqeen he will have. Isn't it? As a result, he will dislike anything that is other than Islam. Anything that opposes Islam. He will hate it. He will hate to ever become like that. So we see that these ahadith they show to us the different levels of love or the different types of love. The highest should be for Allah, then His Messenger, and then other people. And when you love other people as well, that should also be for the sake of Allah. And also remember one thing, that these ahadith do not mean that when you love Allah, when you love His Messenger, then you will dislike other people. No. It doesn't mean love them and hate others. No. What does this hadith show to us? Sweetness of Iman is when you love another for the sake of Allah. Loving people is a part of Iman. Because unfortunately sometimes people think either you love Allah or you love your parents. No, you have to love both. Definitely the love of Allah will be given importance above love of parents. But it doesn't mean you have to hate your parents. No way. So keep things in perspective. When you will love Allah 
And it's true love, then a person will love the messenger. And when he will love the messenger, he will love the deen. When he will love the deen, he will love the people of the deen. That we see that sweetness of faith is the greatest joy, the greatest happiness that a person can experience. It's the satisfaction that a person has in his heart, which cannot be gained by anything else. This is the way to be happy inside. Why should we love Allah more than we love anyone else? Because Allah's ihsan on us is the greatest and Allah is always there. People come and they go. Love for the sake of Allah means that you love someone because of their obedience to Allah. So if a person does not obey Allah, then you cannot love them for the sake of Allah. You love them for their Islam, okay, that love will be of a lesser level then. That we have learned earlier about hayatun tayyibah. Good life. Good life means what? That a person is happy on the inside. Then he can live a good life. And that comes with this iman. What if there is a person who is very, let's say, committed to the deen, very obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're very righteous. But you don't get along with them. Should you love them? Yes, you should. You should love them for what? For the sake of Allah. For their deen. Like I told you earlier, quote that I mentioned to you, that the reality of loving someone for the sake of Allah is a love that neither increases when the person does good to you, nor does it decrease when the person is averse to you. The thing is that it's very important to love people for the sake of Allah. Even when they hurt you, you love them for their deen. Why? Because if you don't love them for their deen, then what will happen? It will affect your work. Like for example, If something happens between us, like I say something that you don't like, and you say, that's it, I'm never going to that class again. I'm never going to Al-Huda again. Is that not going to affect your deen? Will it not? It will. Isn't it? So this is why it's important to overlook what other people do and say, the way they ignore you, the way they treat you, ignore it, and love them for the sake of Allah. Without this, the work of the deen cannot be done. And without this, you cannot experience the sweetness of faith. Allahumma alif bayna qulubina wa aslih that baynina. You keep focusing on the positive. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.